Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 45. And tonight we are recapping Alice Isn't Dead, Chapter 10, Thistle, which is also the very final episode of Part 1 for this podcast. And you know what? I think they did it right. I think so. Uh, cliffhanger, of course, it would have to be, but not as much of a cliffhanger as I thought it was going to be when they broke into an ad in the middle of the flipping episode. I thought we were leaving it there. So I guess my expectations were lowered by that. So I was a lot happier when they did come back and finish up the episode. Yeah, it was kind of the cliffhanger the way like a network TV show at the end of its season is a cliffhanger. Like, you know they're going to come back, but nobody was, like, at death's door. And, you know, there wasn't kind of one of those, are they still alive? Who killed them? Yeah. Uh, And it wasn't like one of those type of cliffhangers, but it was kind of a, yes, they will be coming back. There is more of the story to tell. Yep. It wasn't, to clarify it for everyone, it was not a The Walking Dead type of cliffhanger. No, because we hope nothing ever is a Walking Dead type cliffhanger ever again, because I'm sorry, that was stupid. Yeah. God, it's been, like, months since that. I'm still really angry yeah. about it. It's really <laughs> and we still have what until October to get yeah. back to that <sighs> we have a ways yeah I love all these people who are like that's it I'm never gonna watch this show again I'm like oh yeah me too I'm gonna watch the episode after the hiatus we'll see how they handle that yeah anyway so the episode yeah back, to, no. <laughs> back to that um did you have a chance to look up and see what the heck the narrator could have been talking about with the towers that she was out in, she was out in Nevada and she was seeing these towers and she said they almost look like the Eye of Sauron towers from uh, Lord of the Rings, only with all these reflectors at their bases aiming light back up at them. So the whole thing was so bright, it looked like heat. Yeah, no, I'd have no idea. I mean, there's so many, she talked about how weird America is and wondered if it's all this, all this space for all this weirdness on these big old desert roads. I don't know if it's a thing that exists or not, but you know, yeah, you know, we talked before about driving to that one place, the Bottle Tree Ranch, but then also when you're driving to Joshua Tree and you pass the wind farm. Oh my goodness. Turbines. Oh yeah. That was so unexpected. I mean, People talk about wind power, about the fact that, well, yeah, you talk about wind power, but you don't want those ugly, you know, propeller things littering up the place. I'm just thinking, yeah, I kind of do, because I I think they're amazing looking. I got a chance, me and my friend Alex, when we went out to the desert at one point on the way there, we passed by Golden Acorn Casino, and that's right by a wind farm too. But Golden Acorn actually put one of those things on their property, so you can drive up to the base of it and look cool. It, It still looks cool close up. It's not one of those things you have to be far away. Those things are impressive. Oh, they're still talking about the idea of having a wind farm off the coast of North Carolina, but they keep talking about the fact that, don't worry, they're going to be so far away, they won't interfere with the horizon. And I'm just sitting there thinking, well, they don't have to be too far away. No, I want to be able to see that there's something so sci-fi about them. I really do love them. Yeah. Yeah, with stuff like that, I don't know, when she's talking about these, like, Sauron's towers out in the middle of the desert and everything, I don't know what she's looking at, but I'll bet you it's a thing that actually exists. Yeah. And, well, I loved how she talked about in the beginning, she's near the Nevada border, you know, just parked on the side of the road. And she talks about how it's so hot that opening a window feels like opening in an oven. And I've, yeah. I've done that before when we were outside of Las Vegas and stepping yes. outside and thinking for a second, wait a minute, that heat can't be real. Yeah. Yeah. The very, very first time I ever went to Vegas, I walked out the doors of the airport to go to where the taxi line is and your instinctive thought is I'm standing by a big turbine an exhaust fan or something and you're like 
holy crap, that's the air. You know, it's. <laughs> but then she said something at one point. She's, of course, recording her little message to Alice. And she says, I'm going to tell it, Alice. I'm going to tell all of it. And I'm sitting here thinking, good. No more, no <laughs> but, more talking around in circles. Give us all the information, please. Yes. And she gives the biggest announcement of the entire season. She's relaying her conversation with Alice and Alice calls her Keisha. And both yes. of us, we could see each other on Skype. Whoa, ah! she said it. <laughs> <laughs> we have a name. Finally, our narrator, who often goes by the nickname Chanteral, but her real name is Keisha. And apparently that was just something that Alice would do, always called her nicknames. said, what kind of wife calls her wife by her real name? And Alice is a boring one. It's, she's not wrong, but yeah, so, so that was neat. So it's obviously very awkward reunion between the two of them. I mean, obviously Keisha's very happy to see Alice, but there's just this obviously between them now this abandonment that you know Alice never explained and it's such a trope in mostly in TV shows because in a movie you've only got two hours for there to be a mystery and then to explain the mystery but in a TV show constantly have people like I have to go but I can't tell you why and I'm like why why can't you just why couldn't Alice have just sat down with Keisha and said I have to go and you can't follow me. And this is how, because obviously that's going to be an awkward and uncomfortable conversation. But for crying out loud, Al, uh, Keisha just spent nine episodes trying to find her because she didn't know why she was gone. It could have all been avoided if Alice had just said, this is why I'm leaving. Of course, then we would not have had those nine episodes. I, I understand storytelling wise, there's a reason for it, but it always irritates me. I'm like, just tell them. And I, I guess when you get right down to it, even her saying that wouldn't have actually stopped Keisha from looking because Alice is telling her you know the whole time she's like this she's trying to explain why she had to stay away without actually explaining anything and she talked about the fact that the world is teetering and I'm trying to keep it sliding in the right direction and you know whichever way things happen she says a terrible change is coming and Alice has to be out there doing something to try to keep whatever's happening from being worse than it would be if she wasn't trying to stop it. So. But what would be the harm in telling Keisha? You know, <laughs> I don't just, know. I want a little more information. It's just one of those, you know, we, we talk a lot of times about when your nerd brain gets a hold of something, and that's one of the things. I'm like, yes, I know stories, fine. And we have to have secrets that people keep coming back. But in a real world example, I keep coming back to it going, just give her the information for well, it goes back to that uh, uh, old Simpsons episode where Nelson tells all the other kids, you've got to come with me. There's something really amazing happening. There's no time to explain. And the next thing you see them and they're standing by a water fountain while Nelson's getting a drink of water. And Bart's like, you sure you can't just tell us what it is? And Nelson's like, no, I said there's no time to explain. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's I what it goes down to. It's fine. That's fine. There was a line that Alice said to Keisha at one point, and both of us had to stop and rewind it because we really liked the line. Because even though Alice tells Keisha, I've got to be out there, I've got to be doing things, and you can't follow me anymore. And Keisha's like, okay, that's fine. I am still going to crash my big truck through this gate into where the thistlemen are. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she just Alice keeps telling her, you can't follow me and you've got to go away. And yes, I know that you already tried to go home and the thistle man followed you there, but you have just got to stop and you can't drive through that gate. And he's just, just like, uh-huh, yeah, I'm going uh, through the yeah, gate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so she is. But I, I liked what was the one line that Alice said to Keisha at one point when she said, they'll kill you? 
you know, Keisha says, I know. And Alice says, Chipmunk? Because that's her nickname for her now. And in this particular conversation, she said, Chipmunk, they will kill you to an extent you didn't know a person can be killed. (laughs) That's fairly Yeah. yeah. Nicely done. But yeah, so Alice leaves just saying, you know, I want to be with you forever, but forever can't start right now. And, you know, I, I have to someday I will come back to you. But for now, stop looking. And then she leaves. Yep. And um, Keisha's still going to go through that gate. And I like this one line. She said she just sat there for a little while, just slowly breathing. And I let the air go in and out, enjoying those moments in which that was still possible. And that just really resonates. That idea It's like the idea of someone knowing that there's a good chance they're going to die and just sitting there enjoying breathing and thinking about the idea that they might not be able to do that anymore. I'm like, oh, yes. God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you... You saw that um, uh, Ben Affleck movie, The Town, right? Yes. Oh, yes. gosh. Yeah, with uh, oh, Jeremy you know Renner's exactly. Jeremy Renner's death scene. Yeah, and spoilers if you haven't seen it, but man, that was, that was actually the first thing I'd ever seen Jeremy Renner in. And of course, in the end of the movie, he's got the standoff with the police, and he's totally been shot, and he's probably going to die. And he's sort of behind a small barricade. There's tons of police everywhere. He is not going to go back to prison. But he's waiting there, waiting to see what happens, and there's a soda half upended next to him and he just sees it and he just reaches out just grabs it and then takes this long drink from the soda and then it's just like and then he's ready to do it and it was just like in the middle of that moment that one thing was like yep that was all right and i'm just like man that was a great death scene who is that dude and of course you know see him as hawkeye and then it's just whatever but you know and now hawkeye's married but fine anyway. yes we're still in mourning about that indeed yep yep sorry i can't get sorry well we'll go back to that in a minute after we finish recapping yeah. this episode so. that's fine so she crashes through the gate takes the whole truck and goes right through the gate and she is in a city full of thistlemen and it's horrifying and they're surrounding her and they're in all states of decay and one person whose face has been mostly torn off and you could see the yellow fat dripping beneath where the skin used to be and he's still coming for her and then she sees the main one the thistle man the hungry man that's been confronting her at every turn and i'm not i mean just what what he says to her because she says i mean he tells her, you might as well come out because you're not any safer in there than you are out here. And yeah. she just she just talks to them. She says, as long as I keep, the longer I keep talking, the longer it'll be before you start doing stuff to me. And yeah. the things that he says that, you know, she says, you guys are all serial killers. And he said something, we are the terrible freedom. That freedom can be good or bad. Which is it's true. I mean, yeah, it's it's a free will, I guess. But then he also, I like that line when he said, we are creatures of the road. And I'm like, oh, I may have to do like a quick fan art that I can just see like this sort of silhouette kind of creature. And the only thing you could see is its teeth and its eyes. And the caption underneath just says, we are creatures of the road. <laughs> but he tries to touch her at one point. And he breaks off kind of in disgust. And she did say when she was in the cab of that truck, she said she did the one bit of preparation that she had the brain power and willpower to do. And that was it. But she didn't say what it was. And he even said, you know, you're sweating like a kid who's been running after his mother. And I'm like, I sense we're supposed to be our attention is supposed to be drawn to the fact that she is damp. And it was. (laughs) Yeah, that's why she had doused herself with heather oil. And uh, she 
said, I've covered myself in it. And of, of course, he couldn't bite her because he was disgusted by that. But he doesn't think that's going to save her. And then she reaches over to him, grabs hold of his face and jabs, jams branches of heather down his throat. Yep, his face that's falling apart with like, like they don't even have bones underneath. She always talks about this globs of yellow fat under there. So she basically just reaches into this mess of his face and just jams in all this heather. And he runs away. That was very satisfying. <laughs> yes, it really and was. she chases him. That was even more satisfying. She's like, there he goes. Yeah, and she chases him right into a diner with rotted food lying around everywhere and manages to tackle him into a freezer. And he's like, wow, I'm impressed. You got me to run. You actually made me scared for a little while, but what are you going to do now? And she is, he's coming after her now. He's like, does that scary thing reach suddenly right up in her face? She's locked them both into this freezer so she can even hear the other thistleman outside of the freezer trying to get in. So it's just her and him in this very small space. And she is absolutely horrified and she has this revelation that she has always had anxiety and always had this fear and anxiety is just energy. And she turns that energy right back around and just goes for him and just ripping and tearing and clawing at him and beating him and he's beating her back and she's still going after him. (laughs) That was really satisfying. It's awesome because it takes all of the things that if you've ever been anxious about something and I'm fairly sure if you're listening to this at some point you've had an anxiety attack of one sort or the other but it's just like instead of fighting against that racing heartbeat and fighting against those labored breaths and the jitteriness and the tenseness and everything just like just go with it and it's I'm sure it's one of those things is way easier said than done but it did remind me instantly I remember one time talking to our dad now our mom and dad and I've said this to a lot of people mom and dad worked in professional theater for 40 years so this wasn't like it's not a regional theater it's not like a volunteer thing it's not fan films this is you know this is a theater where you're getting paid and you're having to go to meetings and vacation days and pensions and all that kind of stuff real job so you have to handle it in a very professional manner and I asked him at one point when I was going to be playing a solo at one point I said, do you ever get stage fright? Because dad gets on the stage like all the time. And he said, oh, I definitely get stage fright after all these years, you know, he still does. He said, the thing to remember when you have stage fright is there's a lot of good energy in stage fright, but you need to learn to use it and not let it use you. And I still don't entirely understand what that means. It's a great thing to concentrate on. And it really felt like the same thing. Like, man, yeah, you know, if you've ever had an anxiety attack, I don't, you are psyched up to do something, but you just don't know what. So, yeah, that was a really neat moment. Yeah. I really liked it. It was great. And she triumphs. She yeah. b- literally beats his head into a pulp. Yep. And uh, sits there for a second, has just one second to kind of like gather herself and then she hears gunshots and commotions outside like the lights had gone out and then the door gets slammed open and there's a woman silhouette in the door and I'm thinking it's Alice it's not Alice it's nobody that she recognizes a woman with a battering ram and a big rifle and she's just like wow are you kidding me and she says like a line I just 
wanted to jump up and down and cheer. She gets on to her uh, CB radio and says, you're not going to believe this, guys. Vector H is down. <laughs> oh, I love it when they do like that military techno speak and everything. I'm just like, woohoo. Yeah, that's awesome. So she gets out of there and there's all these people around and there's gunshots going off. You can hear that in the background. And all the other thistlemen have run away and they're all wearing these jumpsuits, but they're not really military jumpsuits and she's trying to ask the woman where they're from and the woman's really not telling her and then she gets a look at the emblem on the jumpsuit bay and creek shipping same company keisha's been working for this whole time yeah yeah so um you know they're they're obviously organized they know exactly what's going on the woman they get her another truck (laughs) they're just like we've got you a new truck the old one has obviously been in an accident with this gate but don't worry we're not going to take it out of your paycheck and that's it and then she climbs into the truck and leaves yeah and she's back to work she's got another shipment of paper towels so all back to normal except she is not going to look for Alice anymore. She's going to wait nope. until Alice is ready to find her. But she's not going to stop looking. Because now what she needs to find out is who the hell is Bayon Creek shipping? And what exactly are they up to? And why did they exactly have weapons that they could use to scare away an entire town of this woman? And yeah. why have they hired her? All of this. Oh, yeah. That, so that'll be... You can tell that for part two. That will definitely be the arc <laughs> that's going on there. But, um, yeah... And then just when you think it's done, we're kind of getting sort of the close out and we hear another woman's voice break in that says, yeah, and you haven't even heard from me yet. And I'm like, oh, was that Alice? It could be Alice. <laughs> I think it's Alice. So then we got the, uh, the, the riddle, the, the, the final yeah, riddle. Why did the chicken cross the road? And the answer is mm-hmm. to get to the other side. Sometimes that's all it is. And I'm like, yeah, that, there was no other way you could end that no, one. No. You really, you really had to do that. But then, in the end of the episode, we had the, you know, the minute or so of disparition music, and we're both listening to it, and it's, it sounds a little bit more like that sort of Miami Vice kind of soundtrack with the drum machine and yep. everything, and yep. then it sounded like something like a hammer dulcimer kicked in, and yes. both of us perked up. We're like, ooh, I like this. <laughs> It's I like got Soundhound out. I'm like, what oh, do we know the name of this song? It's really we're gonna at the end of this episode tonight. We'll uh, I'll, I'll put in a little clip from that as well. It's totally all credit to Disparition. Probably one of my favorite Disparition songs to date. You know, they're usually so atmospheric, but um, yeah, we're, we're kind of predictable. Anytime that sort of that Hammer Dulcimer like sound kicks in, we both instantly like, oh yeah, now I like this. Yeah, Hammer Dulcimer with like a techno vibe to it. I'm like, all of this. We're ch- we're children of the '80s. We're oh sorry. my, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I actually posted a uh, comment on Disparition's Tumblr page asking if there was a name to that song. So we'll see if they respond. But yeah. and in case you guys ever wonder, it's actually kind of cool how we sort of divvy these up. It wasn't intentional. I, if anybody knows me, I'm addicted to Instagram. I love it. I think it's great. It's wonderful. Catherine posts things every once in a while, but it's not like it hasn't had that same call to her. Now, I do not know anything about Tumblr. I still don't understand how it works, but Catherine made the binary system Tumblr page. So we have this all divided up just right. I think I will probably credit my obsession with Tom Hiddleston for learning stuff about Tumblr because I'm like, hmm, how do I find pictures? How do I find more pictures? How do I get notified when there's more pictures? (laughs) 
<laughs> that's the way you learn. You know, you get obsessed about something and you're just like, yes, I know all of the things and now I can teach other people how to use this. Speaking of obsession, we're just going to go ahead and throw it right out there. Yes, both Kath and I created a Pokemon Go account. Yes, I yes. gave it. I'm trying to do stealth Pokemon, which is that I don't wander around with my phone out all the time oh, so that yes. not too many people know that I'm on Pokemon Go. However, unless I'm doing it wrong, you can't actually log like walking distance or get notified, you know, little notifications about the Pokemon that pop up or anything like that, unless you actually have the phone up and out, right? Yes. Yeah. As far as I know, like you have to actually have Pokemon the, the forefront. It's like the active program right there. Because if it's active, it'll tell you, oh, look, there's a Pokemon. Oh, look. It's not like you can have your phone in a discreet location or be texting somebody and have that thing. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. I honestly don't care. I, I just don't know how much I'm going to be able to vote to gathering all the Pokemon if, because I know I'm going to look like a goober if I'm, you know, wandering around with my phone out. I think teenagers yeah. can get away with that nowadays because it's part of the culture. But for me, no, I don't think I can be given a pass on something like that. And I probably would do something stupid like walk in front of traffic or something. Yeah, no, me as well. Like there was one day I was out for a run and I just out of curiosity because they have those Pokestops which are so interesting because they do exist in the real world with like pictures and everything of the thing that you're going up to and I, I was wandering up to one and there was a Pokemon I was trying to get it and I couldn't it was one of those bat thingies they're hard to catch whatever and I'm like sitting here chucking balls at it and there's like cars driving by I'm like they all know what I'm doing <laughs> I do feel goofy and I'm like no I don't like it but I uh, one of the stories that I have that I think is really funny my coworker Eric who sits right next to me at work he's one of the other artists we all talked about it at work and everybody's curious about it. So the, for all of us at the paper who've actually signed up for it, we, it's kind of fun because they're like, okay, so what does it look like? And what is this? And how do you take a picture of it? Whatever. And I'd mentioned it to Eric and he had gone home and he and his wife, just on a whim, they downloaded it. And he's looking and he's like, oh, check it out. There's one in our front yard. So he goes outside and he's got his phone up and he's doing this. His neighbor drives home and gets out of the car and looks at him and goes, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I, I've only put, like, one social media post up about it. I put it up on the Binary System pod page because I wanted to be like, yes, okay, fine. We, we, we're curious, and so we're into it and everything. But um, mostly because Comic-Con's coming up in the next few days, I'm really, like, the Wi-Fi is always weird at Comic-Con because there's so many people trying to get on it. I think it's going to be kind of nightmarishly <laughs> awful at uh, Comic-Con. Everybody's going to be trying to catch the Pokemon and stopping in the middle of the road. Yep, it's going to be, and... Uh... Nathan had actually heard about okay so of course you collect eggs and then in order to make the eggs hatch you have to walk a certain amount of distance with your phone out obviously and yes, that yes. there were people complaining about the fact that that was just taking too much time and then somebody and don't you guys do this if you're listening to this but somebody <laughs> posted a suggestion somewhere saying there's a great way that you can log the amount of miles or the amount of distance that you need you go ahead and you put your phone into the microwave if you've got a little turntable thing in the microwave Wave, and then turn it on and it'll go around and around enough times and yeah somebody did and their phone exploded it's <laughs> not surprising so God. don't do that people please no. if you want to be stupid about it if you want to be really stupid about it and don't do this either but seriously this won't necessarily destroy your phone attach it to your dog <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, there's lots of people complaining about they've got sore legs from having walked for ages and ages to go collect Pokemon. So oh, I guess this is benefiting humanity in some fashion. We stumbled across people on Pokemon Go on the Saturday that it was released without knowing what the heck was going on. We yeah. were near downtown Raleigh and we were walking through this park and there were all these like college age kids out there with their phones all looking down and Nathan and I are kind of wandering by. Do you suppose there's a scavenger hunt of some kind going on? Or apparently it was. So Yeah, it is. It is of that kind. Yeah. And for me, it was Instagram. I kept seeing all these pictures posting these pictures of like their daily life with these strange creatures. That's the part about it that I actually like. Like at one point, one of them actually, I got my phone out at my desk at work and one of the rat ones actually appeared and I actually moved a pen over underneath it to take a picture because it looks like he's trying to steal my pen. I'm sorry. I think that's funny. I like that. Oh, I like the one that somebody posted, the little pigeon one, where he managed to get it both looking to the side and then looking up at the screen, but he had positioned it. He was cooking and there was fried eggs in the other uh, pan and it looked Aww. like a little bird was like huh huh <laughs> and he said I don't know whether to catch it or apologize so <laughs> I it's it's like any app you know when you use it for the thing that it wasn't actually intended for I think that's funny but I thought it was hilarious I've been listening to the NPR podcast wait wait don't tell me which if you ever want to get like political news in a way that doesn't hurt you or bore you that's the way to do it but the question at the end they always ask all of their panelists some question and most of them are very good comedians and can improvise things and they were saying what's the new app that's going to be taking over and the various cool answers just one woman says there will be a new app that comes out that's called pokemon stop <laughs> uh oh siren drink siren everybody drink that's the guy who always plays it really weird. So if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it comes out, we are currently in Comic-Con. It's finally here. So this is a good podcast to listen to while you're standing in line for Hall H. Yes, but make sure to download it ahead of time because, you know, the wireless is going to be wonky. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fine. In between the times that you're playing Pokemon Go, you can listen to our podcast. But... If, if, if anyone is going to be doing anything other than playing Pokemon Go in the near future, you know, you can listen yes. to our podcast. I think that's great. Or if you're a person who is completely tired of Pokemon Go were very sorry. We really I'm are. talking about it. Sorry, it had to be. We had to acknowledge it. It's fine. <laughs> Make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com. We will have lots of photo galleries, hopefully some interviews. You know, I'm not going to do like a crap ton of interviews this year because if I do an interview... I have to edit the interview. I don't want to do an interview that is going to sit there forever and do nothing. I'm very sorry, iZombie people. I still haven't done anything with that interview. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but we'll have lots of good stuff on the site, pixeladygeek.com. Check it all out. No idea if we're recording next week. So we will either see you guys in one week or we will see you guys in two weeks. Or three, because we're going on vacation soon. Oh, my God, that's right. <laughs> post pictures from Niagara Falls. Woohoo! Woo! Anyway, yeah. Uh, eventually, we're going to see you guys eventually. Oh, so talk. See you later. One day.